I want to share scripture readings, two of them for uh, the launching of a new sermon series, uh, and so appropriate as we think about that freedom from guilt, that freedom from shame that we just sang about. We're going to be talking very honestly about failure and about stumbling and about failing forward, uh, using Simon Peter as a life example of how we can stumble, but when we stumble, we fail forward and learn and grow from the experience. I want to read to you, first of all, from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, where in Matthew's Gospel, we first meet Simon Peter. Walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. Jesus said to them, come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. Now, sometime later, after Simon Peter and the others had been following Jesus for a while, in Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13, when Jesus arrived in the villages of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, what are people saying about who the Son of Man is? They replied, some think he is John the baptizer, some say Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He pressed them, and how about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus came back, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door, no more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. He swore the disciples to secrecy. He made them promise they would tell no one that he was the Messiah. Then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of the religious leaders, be killed, and on the third day be raised up alive. Peter took him in hand, protesting, Impossible, Master, that can never be. But Jesus didn't swerve. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We've all seen those uh, TV shows or movies or commercials uh, where the waiter is carrying a tray with uh, lots of hot soup bowls on it or lots of uh, glasses of ice water on it and uh, he falls and stuff goes everywhere and for some reason that kind of stuff is always funny when you're watching it on TV or in a movie but if it's happening to you it's not so funny, right? It's, uh, it's embarrassing. The first thing you do is look around to see was anybody watching? Uh, and so the graphic for this sermon series that we're in, Failing Forward, 
I think is very, very appropriate uh, because we're talking about not just falling, we're talking about failing. Uh, when we fail spiritually, when we fail ourselves and those we love and fail God. And, uh, and then the, the, the thing we want to key off of is not just failing, but making sure that when we fail, we fail forward, that we grow from the experience, that we learn from the experience. And there is no Bible character uh, with any uh, clearer pedigree on failing and failing forward than Simon Peter. Uh, he's always amazed me, always captivated me, maybe because there are some personality similarities. I'm not saying for sure, but uh, it's, it's just so amazing. He's a fascinating failure because when he fails, he really messes up. And when he messes up, he always fails forward and he grows. So the month of October, uh, we're going to be in a sermon series, Failing Forward, and we're going to learn a, a lot more about Simon Peter. We first meet him in this Matthew chapter 4 scripture that I read earlier. Uh, he and his brother are out doing their job of fishing. Jesus comes along, and we don't know what else happened in that conversation, but Jesus says to them, follow me, and they leave their nets, and they follow. Jesus had said to them as he looked at them, he said, you follow me, and I'll help you catch people. And that's the commission as well as the invitation, and so they came, and they followed. Now, Parenthetically, I just want to share with you that uh, this passage of Scripture has a special place in my mind and heart because the first and last time I ever sang a solo in church was when I was about 10 years old. Little Maple Grove Baptist Church was having a revival, and somehow my mother talked me in to singing a solo, you know, 9 or 10 years old, and it was the chorus, I Will Make You Fishers of Men. Anybody here know that song, I Will Make You Fishers of Men? If you follow me, follow me. And the second verse is, hear God calling, come unto me, come unto me, uh, and I'll make you fishers of men. And so I made it fine through the first verse, and then the second verse, I got nothing. I just went blank. Couldn't think of the words, and mom just kept playing the chords, and then she mouthed it to me, and I think I finally made it through. But remember, I said that was the first and last solo I ever had in church, because I decided, you know, let somebody else do it. I remember praying, Lord, maybe there's a Rod Maples out there somewhere that you can call to music ministry and do what I cannot do. I didn't really do that last part, but anyway, you get the idea. So this scripture, every time I read it, it triggers a special memory, and it was the call of Jesus on Simon Peter's life. Now, after everything is said and done, after all the dust has settled, we need to remember something very simple and elemental about this passage of scripture. Becoming a Christian means turning from what we've been doing, repenting, and turning toward him and following him. Being in Christ, being a believer, means at its simplest definition, following Jesus. That's not complicated, but evidently it is complicated because some people think you can just say some words and then voila, you're a Christian. No, it's following Jesus. And so Simon Peter started out right. He knew that, follow, that be, being a believer was not about sitting around and studying ancient texts or arguing great arguments. It was about actually getting up and doing something and following. So then we come to the second scripture that I read, which is probably more famous, right at the fulcrum, right at the middle point of, uh, of Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 16, there is this 
this uh, powerful passage where Jesus takes the disciples on a retreat way up north into Caesarea Philippi. And they're sitting around and they're sort of debriefing and Jesus, uh, in a very Socratic method, begins to ask them questions and saying, what are people saying about who I am? And they give some answers and then he finally gets down to it and he said, but you, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And that, after all, is the question for us too, right? The question is, who is Jesus to us? Who's Jesus to you? doesn't matter what other people do. You and I have to make that correct answer. Who's Jesus to us? And Simon Peter gave a brilliant answer. You are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And immediately Jesus praised him. And immediately Jesus helped Simon Peter understand. Now, Simon Peter, you didn't get that answer correct because you were smart or better than the others. That's going to become important later in Simon Peter's life, so hang on to that. Because Simon Peter had a way of thinking it was all about him. That he was a little smarter than anybody else in the room. That he was a little better than anybody else in the room. And Jesus at the very beginning reminded him, Simon Peter, you didn't get this because you were morally perfect. You didn't get the right answer because uh, you have never made a mistake, spiritually or morally. You didn't get this right because you have more head knowledge and more wisdom and you figured it out in your own strength. You got this as a gift from God. God and God's giftedness and love showed this to you. Remember that, Simon Peter. And so the next thing that Jesus says is, is wonderful too because he said, this, this thing you confessed, this is, this is a foundation for the church because Jesus' reply is, that's right. Petros, he gives him a new nickname, Peter the Rock. And on this Petra, on this confession of faith, I will build my church. He's not building it on a personality, Simon Peter. It's a different Greek word. It's Petros. It's, it's masculine. It's, it's about Simon Peter. You're right, Petros, rock. And upon this Petra, I will build my church. On this confession of faith. Uh, maybe you've heard language like this if you've hung around church a little bit. That Baptists and other evangelicals are what we call in the confessional tradition of the New Testament church. By being in the confessional tradition, what we're saying basically is the way you get into the church is not by being born into a family that was in the church or not because your name was put on the roll. You get into the church by making your confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ is Messiah, the Son of the living God. That's our confession. And whoever you are this morning, if you're a part of the church of Jesus Christ, and by that I don't mean a particular building or a particular local assembly, if you're a part of the universal, invisible church of Jesus Christ, you are a member of the church because of your confession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's how we come into a relationship with him, through faith and that confession. And so Jesus has helped Simon Peter already with all sorts of affirmation and blessing and positive encouragement and instruction in this brief conversation. But then Jesus presses it further. And he's talking to all the disciples, but especially to Simon Peter. He says, I, I want you all to know, some tough days are coming. 
I want you to know that they're going to arrest me. They're going to beat me. They're going to torture me. They're going to crucify me. And Jesus was basically saying to the disciples, including Simon Peter, I want you to read the fine print. I want you to read how tough it is to follow me and that when you are obedient, suffering will come. Jesus was offering what theologians call the cruciform shape of the Christian experience. Have you heard that phrase, the cruciform shape of our faith? It has to do with the crucifixion, that to step into faith, to follow Jesus, is to sooner or later pay a price for it. It's to suffer, to not always get to be right, to not always get to be in charge, to not always get your way, to be willing to relinquish, to be willing to give and to forgive, to be willing to be crucified spiritually, the cruciform shape of the Christian experience. Because Jesus knew that the biggest problem that Simon Peter was going to have was with his own ego. Jesus knew that that's the biggest problem that you and I ever have in following Jesus. It's our pride. It's our ego. It's our selfishness. And I want to pause here, and I want to just give you a biographical sketch ever so briefly of Simon Peter's life. Uh, in the months leading up to this sermon series, uh, as I was reading and rereading the Gospels and reflecting on Simon Peter, here are some descriptive words that I think accurately describe Simon Peter's personality. He was competitive. He was an overachiever. He liked to please people. He liked attention from others. He liked to be in charge. He was unsteady. He was aggressive. He was self-absorbed. He was impetuous. He liked to win, and he liked to always be first. Does that sound like anybody you know? This was Simon Peter. And to just give you a couple of three really quick flash-in-the-pan examples. In Matthew 14, in the middle of the night, the disciples are in the boat and they see, Jesus, they see Jesus walking on the water toward them. And it's Simon Peter who raises his hand and says, I want to do that too. Pick me, pick me. I want to do that too. And so Jesus says, okay. And Simon Peter walks on the water for a little while until he takes his eyes off Jesus. And then he begins to, begins to sink. A little later on, we read what's called the transfiguration. In Mark, the ninth chapter, Jesus takes three disciples, one of them was Simon Peter, up to a mountain, and there Jesus mysteriously, his body changes into glowing glory. There's this, uh, there's this uh, mysterious experience of, of the eternal that happens right in Jesus' body uh, with this incredible experience, and immediately Simon Peter starts talking and he says, let's build a monument here. I mean, let's, let's, just, let's just stay up here and let's, let's build something to always remember this. And he starts chattering. And I dare you to read when you have time this afternoon in Mark chapter 9, the sixth verse, Mark, the gospel writer, with his tongue in his cheek, says this. Peter did not know what to say, so he started talking. You read it yourself. 
That's what Mark says. Peter was overwhelmed by the experience. He didn't know what to say, so he started talking until he thought of something to say. You know anybody like that? Uh, stop looking at me. That's not fair. He's so impetuous. And then in John 13, that horrible night before Jesus died, uh, Jesus is in a very solemn experience uh, acting as a slave, washing the feet of the disciples. And somehow or other, Simon Peter's ego tries to turn that whole experience into something about himself. You just read the Gospels. Whenever something happens, Simon Peter has a way of turning it around and making it about himself. You know, it's too much to go into here, but at first he said, you're not going to wash me? I'm fine. And then when Jesus explains it, Peter says, oh yeah, wash me, wash all of me, not just my feet. And Jesus was like, you know, just zip it, you know. And then later on that night when Jesus was arrested, the soldiers came after him. Simon Peter pulls out a sword, lops off the ear of one of the guards, and Jesus said, whoa, time out. This is not how my kingdom comes. It's not through violence. It's not through force. It's not through ugly ways of asserting yourself. Put your sword away. And on and on and on. And we'll talk about more of those in the weeks to come. But here's the point. The reason Simon Peter kept failing and stumbling was because of his ego, because of his selfishness. Simon Peter was just like all of us. He wanted it both ways. I want to follow Jesus, but I want to follow Jesus on my own terms. I want to follow Jesus, but I want to keep my ego intact. I want it both ways. Let me ask you a question. Since you first started following Jesus... Has your selfishness shrunk any? And if not, why not? Because following Jesus means that we follow the cruciform way of life that is a way of crucifying selfishness. And if our selfishness has not shrunk in the days, months, or years since we first started following Jesus, what's going on there? See, I read two scriptures. Matthew 4, Simon Peter is fishing. Jesus says, come follow me. I'll make you fish for people. They leave their nets. They follow. Matthew 16. Who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter there's going to be great suffering. Now, of the two, the first was about giving up, letting go of our past. Leave their nets. Come follow me. The second one was about giving up our selfishness. Now, I don't know about you, but I know which one of those is harder for me. How about you? Isn't it a lot easier to let go of your past than it is to let go of your ego? And so the most amazing part of this story 
is the nickname that Jesus gave to Simon. Simon was his given name. And Jesus said, uh, Simon, I'm going to call you Rocky. You're a rock. And the disciple, you know what a rock is? It's, it maintains its shape, maintains its size, it's solid. You can, you can build things on it. It doesn't change. It doesn't, it doesn't alter. Don't you imagine the other disciples were going, right. Like calling a bald man curly. You're calling him Rocky? Because in honesty, if you were reflecting the way Simon Peter is at that moment, Jesus, you would have called him swampy or mud or quicksand because he's so unstable. But guess what? Jesus loves you so much that he not only sees what you are today, but he sees what you can become. Jesus loves you with a laser love, and he loves you so much that he doesn't just see who we are, but he sees what we can become. And he names us, and he claims us, and he said, you know, I know you're going to fail. You're going to mess up. But when you fail, Simon, Peter, you're going to fail forward. We're going to get through this. And every time you fail, we're going to grow. Because following Jesus is always safe, but never easy. But Simon, Peter, come on. We can do this. Because Jesus sees not only who we are, but who we're going to be. And that's called grace. And we live in it.